back, you bastard. Come on, you, you fucking feel back. strong. I'm sorry. Tommy gets a little loaded. He doesn't mean any disrespect. You don't mean any disrespect, Not Henry. Are you nuts? He's Not just kid a little fucking manners. Hey, Jimmy, what's right is right. You understand what I'm talking about? It's all right. It's all right. No, I mean, the kids you know, over here, I was, we're hugging and kissing you know. over here, and two minutes later, he's acting like a fucking jerk. No, 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 no. You, you insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. No, I didn't Sorry. insult him. I didn't insult him. insulted him a little bit. Not no, funny. I didn't insult nobody. Give us a drink. Give us a drink. Okay. Come on, let's have some drinks, all right? Drinks in the house. Come on, let me... Yeah, no, have to drink with me. No, 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 no. Back him up. Billy, Billy. No. Drinks around the house. Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. I've looked at clouds from both sides now. You know, the Judy Collins made it famous, and then... Judy Collins made it famous, huh? Yeah, see? Yeah, see? <laughs> Have we Gabe, talked about on? this before? <laughs> no. I think so. It sounds like something we've talked about. Okay. Gabe, what are you up to? I'm trying to finish getting out of this Airbnb. It's a saga that's continued for a long time, and next week will be <sighs> my last week here. <sighs> oh, wait, wait. Is there new, something new to the story? No. Next week story. will be your last... We c- so this is it. We 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 need to say goodbye to that fascinating uh, painting behind you. Yeah, can you can you tilt up your camera a little bit? I want to get a good shot of the entire painting because I'm going to ask our fans to recreate that for you as a canvas excuse me, and send our, it to our your fans. <laughs> Man, we've had 1,200 people listen to our latest episode within like yeah. Three that's days. because Louise Post has fans, not oh. us. Well, maybe yeah, they'll, maybe it'll carry uh, over. How did Ben find a picture of Luis wearing a shirt for the number seventy-five for the seventy-fifth episode, or was that you, Scott? It's pretty, no, it was Ben. Ooh. That was Ben. I didn't even know good. that. I didn't even realize that. Really? What's that was that? a complete accident. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's a shot of uh, of when Veruca Salt reunited was on TV uh, playing Seether. Somewhere. That's what's called kismet. Yeah. Is it called? Is that what kismet is, Gabe? It's not ironic. That is kismet. I don't know what it is. It's uh, chutzpah. It's something. No, 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 no. That's not chutzpah. But you, my friend, are so full of chutzpah, it's coming out your ears. All right, listen. We record these intros after we record the interviews. Okay, let's just come clean with all you people. All right, some of you probably figured it out. We started doing that recently. We haven't always done that for a long time. We haven't always done that, but like we we record the interviews and we get like really, you know, uh, we get comfortable with each other, and so we just keep it rolling. We do it uh, an intro. All right, so we just finished interviewing our friend Max Crawford, or should I say, my friend. 
mine and Ben's friend, Max Crawford. He's not Gabe's friend, Max Crawford. Uh, so <laughs> Gabe's last question was so offensive. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reeling. It wasn't ben, even can, a question. It wasn't can a question. we use it was that? No, it, no, it was. It was like something when your five-year-old walks up to somebody and says, <laughs> yeah. "I see your peepee." Yeah. You know, it's just like, <laughs> what, what? Listen, we taught you better, Gabe. Is it going to make the show? I don't gonna, know. Are you going to cut it? I, I, I have no idea what to do here. At this was he point. offended? Do I need to apologize? You should. You can. Uh, tell Max him is I too. Max is too nice of a guy. No, he was nice, and he wanted to. He said he wanted to get a little more banter with the group, basically. Yeah. He made so it you insult like, him? Yeah, but I didn't you didn't have him. to go to that degree. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Okay, maybe it was a little too familiar. Where I wasn't familiar enough with him to be able to say that to his face. It, it would no, be but like the person if, if you I, compared him to. Why would you ever? I mean, you know, it's like if you does said he to seem him, politically like he's he's like no. simpatico with that? Would guy? you ever say to a guest on the show, "Hey, you look a lot like Hitler"? <laughs> I knew that Hitler was coming out. You can't just say Hitler. I no, can't. Man. No, no. You you pick the next best one. Are we going to say who I compared him to? No. Are you going to let it go? Or are you going to? We're going to let it go. Okay. You going to beep it out? Well, now you, now everyone's going to want to stay tuned till the for the end of the episode. I mean, it's that's my thing. It's I, the cheapest I the, trick. I yeah. ask the uncomfortable questions that need to be asked. <laughs> oh, is that what you think you are, Barbara Walters? <laughs> Barbara Walters doesn't walk on, you know, like somebody's show and call them a slob. That's not uncomfortable. That's just being rude. No, that's... You know what? You're a Nazi slob. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. Let's mix it up. It's it's this... I don't don't know how to say it. You look a lot like a guy whose main (laughs) meme in life right now is that he's an ugly fucking, like, dirty looking... Gummy looking, like hasn't taken a shower in five years. Dirt bag. Scott, can it's, you tell? Can you apologize to him for me after we're done? First of I, all, I don't have a, Max is one of the most stylish people you'll ever meet. All right, that kind of. Can we talk about who we're talking about? He's on the show today, Gabe. Who's on the show today? <laughs> Max Crawford. He, he is a trumpeter. Not a. <laughs> Not trumpeter. He plays the trumpet. Not trumper. Trump. Okay, not trumper. Uh, he, he's a he's a the skunk Baxter of trumpets, right? No. Maybe. Max is a he's a multi instrumentalist. He's an operator of the scoreboard at Wrigley Field, and he's a featured bartender at Metro. He's been there for thirty years. He's. He is a uh, well-respected and revered member of the Chicago music entertainment community. And we had him on the show, and Gabe insulted him to his he face. Didn't, he laughed with me during Gabe when I was telling him Gabe said something that was the equivalent of like, hey, you look a lot like Linda Blair in The Exorcist after she goes through the change. <laughs> no, it was I like, didn't. You look yeah. <laughs> You look like. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I, I really, I, I just feel like we can't let you out of the cage anymore. Like we just have to. <laughs> just things I didn't mean, go your way with the replacements quiz today, and then I think you just were harboring this yeah, will. Yeah. 
Spoiler alert. Not Max thinking. doesn't like <laughs> Max doesn't like Iron Maiden. <laughs> Max of Poi Dog Pondering does not like Iron Maiden. Yes, Max oh, is in Poi Dog Pondering. Max has played with Wilco. Mm-hmm. He's played with he's played with Scott Lucas in the Married Men. Uh he's on the uh George Lasso's The Moon Record. And that is the, the least of things that he's done. That is that is the lowest credit on his credit list. And Gabe thought it was okay to just, you know, <laughs> liken him to a homeless twat. Here's another thing about Max that we're going to learn tonight. He's got not one, but two of what have to be the coolest jobs in Chicago. Yes. I just said that. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. <laughs> I zoned out. Listen, I'm in a state of shock now. It's 40 minutes after the incident, and I'm still sort of like a little bit dizzy. Look at Gabe over there. You know, he's like he's like a dog that just shit on the on the fucking carpet no, on a white a carpet, and he's over there like no. dragging his ass on the edge of the carpet now. Looking, did I do that? Yeah, but. <clears throat> I asked Ben to compare pictures of the, the guy. <laughs> Why do you I thought keep throwing like. my name into this? <laughs> I said, Ben, please pull up a picture. That. Yes, afterwards you did when we when we all greeted you with shock and awe. <laughs> then you said, pull up a picture. <laughs> yeah, with the picture, the, the awe picture was oh, like The picture fuck. didn't look like him. It, <laughs> oh, what, it, fuck. It's the hair. Oh, it's no. just the hair. That's all it is. That's the it's hair. Not the hair. <laughs> it's not the hair. Max combs his hair. Can we say who I said he no. looked like? <laughs> no, we cannot. <laughs> Just know that when you I didn't, people finally figure out who it is, you're going to be as embarrassed as we are. Listen. See, I, I'm, I'm just embarrassed. Because <laughs> it's like I, I told you, him it would be fun. I stuck up for you, man. You know what we could I'll, do? We could bleep out the name and nobody would ever know what it was. That but Max would out. know. Right. Sure. Maybe we yeah, should bleep out it. the name. We could bleep out the name. He took it like a champ. Would it be funny? I think it might be funny. <laughs> what are you, uh, People are going to get it. You're like a guy in prison. He took it like a champ. It doesn't make it okay. <laughs> you know, everyone, when they first get to prison, everyone's got to bend over in the shower. and. Or we can just... This is just not supposed to be... A, this is supposed to be a safe place. It's not supposed to be... People aren't but, supposed but to feel like they can't pick up the soap here. Listen, uh, my understanding, cut, we, what you're saying is you you thought he wanted to be part of the gang, and he mentioned that a couple times. Thought it was going to be yes, a lot of he wanted to be us. part of the and, banter. But, and, but so you, you decided really you haze think him. We have this kind of initiation into the gang because I we've never said anything close to that to each other. <laughs> I don't think you guys have said some rough things to me in like my what? direction. <laughs> Can't put it into words right now. I'm just saying sometimes you're a little rough. <laughs> I didn't mean to be rough at him and say, hey, you're, you look like Hitler. Did I say Hitler? I didn't say Hitler. <laughs> you didn't say Hitler. Well, you're damn right. <laughs> but in your defense, it was not Hitler. But let me ask you something. If in your mind he did resemble Hitler, would you have said it? He would have. He couldn't. Did you see the look on Gary's face? He couldn't help himself. He was like, hey, I got to tell you who I you look like. I've heard it down in my notes. And I'm just like, oh, oh, you take notes for that kind of stuff. You know, the episode of Seinfeld where Kramer told, told George's girlfriend that she needed a nose job. Yes, that's, that's exactly that's, what it was like. It was funny, though. 
Wait, what? <laughs> See, but that was, was a funny. TV show with actors. She had like a <laughs> prosthetic nose. It wasn't real. These are real people. Real people with real feelings. I gotta, I gotta apologize. I, I thought I was being. Uh, oh no! He's I thought just I was. Sent, he just sent me a text. Oh, he's really upset. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him not to do it. Don't do it. All right, I'm sorry. I don't know how to get a hold of him, but I need to apologize. Oh, I'll send you his email. <laughs> we could have him come back on the show. Hey, everybody, it's Max Crawford. <laughs> Should I tell him? I can tell him to come back on. He said outright, "Hey, is this over? Are we done? I wanted to get more banter." And I'm like, "Okay, right? I'll get you. I'll get you some banter. <laughs> I'll get you some banter. <laughs> You're ugly." No, no, no. You think the guy that you were talking about is is a handsome fella? It's just the hairstyle. That's all it Why was. Why would you do bit. that? It's just the hair. When people compare you to Yul Brenner, it's because Yul Brenner is... I mean, we feel fine calling you Yul Brenner because it's not an insult. Yeah. But if you uh, called me... Uh, I'd be fucking pissed off. <laughs> I think he's going to take it okay. I think he's going to be okay. But you got to tell me. If I made somebody's day worse after I said what I said, I, I think I, I feel just like spent it. the past 20 minutes telling you that it was... No, he he took it like as if he was part of the gang. He took it like a man. No, I didn't say that. Man, you... You take it like a man! <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, now I feel like a heel. That was <laughs> shocking. That was the most shocking godfather I've ever heard. You didn't know where I was going? Oh, you? Oh, um, can I say I was surprised? No, I wasn't surprised. I was like, it, it, like I, I don't have kids, but if I had a kid, that's what my kid would fucking do. He'd walk in and go, you smell like poop. <laughs> All right, on to something else. We had some big news this week. Some you're gonna have, Earth... to, save it. You're gonna have to save it for next week. <laughs> no, this this week was the week, the twentieth anniversary week. What? Here comes the zoo. Twenty years ago. Uh huh. And you like you that? Un... Here comes the zoo record. Or does it sound to you like? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I gotta, I gotta tell. Him. I gotta apologize. <laughs> I, I was. I thought I was being inclusive. Inclusive. Do you know what inclusive <laughs> means? Inclusive in hey. the Don Rick, Don Rickles sense of the word. Hey. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Hey, monkey. Just hey, because hey. I roasted him a little bit. You roasted him. What did he ever do to you? You don't know Max that well in order to roast him. This. Okay. <laughs> you know people who roast each other. They're <clears throat> fucking friends. But here's the context of this comment. Max kept saying, I'm not hearing it. Hey, hey, Gabe. Hey, Ben, I'm not hearing anything from you. Yeah, Gabe, anything. And Gabe's just like quiet. I keep jumping in and sort of saying like, you yeah, know, we're, we're into it. Nothing from Gabe. Crickets. Finally, Max says, but Gabe, what about you? Oh, yeah, okay. I got something. You look like <laughs> Gabe's been sitting there just playing lying in wait. Just like, but he had oh, you it as it turns out. He wrote it down. <laughs> written, in case down. They, <laughs> written down. Oh, this is good. I got to write it down in case I forget it. I had other things. 
What else do I have on here? I don't know. Any, any Scott of the, whatever smells, it is, I guarantee you would have been Scott better smells choice. like clams. <laughs> oh, I, I, I wrote Scott's down got a turn up for a nose. No, I wrote down the the, the movie Porky's. Because I remember one Scott day, looks like a porky. No, 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 no. There was a time when you were going to play porkies in the background to one of the records. Because it was it was going to coincide with the theme of the record. Do you remember that? You told me about this. Was it Here Comes a Zoo? Yeah, I thought it was Here Comes a Zoo. So are you going to do that on this tour? Porkies. I... Is Here Comes a Zoo based on porkies? Is that <laughs> yeah, another exclusive? Yeah, I think, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Gabe, I just... Well, <laughs> I know you're not going to do, do it. I'm just saying you talked about it. Do you know it. how hard it is? Do you know how hard it's getting for me to tell people that I know you? Uh, I think you're over-exaggerating there. There's, there's, not, there's not a lot of people asking. <laughs> <laughs> you can act like a man! Hey, everybody. It's Max Crawford. Hi, everybody. Max. Yay me. How was the game today? Well, we won. So, uh that was good. And uh you know, it was the some good young players like the pitcher. Do you want to hear this? It's good. Yeah. Yeah, go for I it. Okay. The pitcher Keegan Thompson, he's a young kid. He's a rookie and he really pitched really well. Like 7 innings, no runs, no earned runs. And it was probably Contreras our Star catcher, all-star catcher. It's probably his last game at Wrigley this year. He's probably going to get traded. So it was poignant. There was giant ovations every time he came to bat, you know. So, but uh, wow. we've won six straight. So it's like, uh, what are we going to do? You know, we're on pace to win 105 now. <laughs> you know? Six straight, I, huh? Six straight. You swept the Phillies and, you know. But anyway. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I was doing some uh, research on you today, and it's not easy because you're not Max Crawford, the meteorologist. You're not no. Max Crawford, the author of Waltz Across wait, Texas wait, and Lords of the Plain. How do you know that? How do you know I'm not a meteorologist? All right. Well, tell you're us just about <laughs> tell us about your uh, meteorologist background. Oh, wait, then. Hold on. I'll go look outside real quick. I'll okay. come back. Yeah. Well, I don't the know. Guy, oh, the guy was from Texas, and I know you were in Texas for a little bit. Yeah, I lived in Austin. I lived in Austin from like 86 to when I moved here. But there's a writer called Max Crawford. I found his book in a thrift store. Yes. And it was all about my, it was like Miami Vice, obviously was big when he wrote it. So it was all about cocaine and Key West. But yeah, he it's not gets, me. Yeah, he kind of gets compared to uh, Cormac McCarthy a little bit. Wow. Yeah. 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 I'll take and that. And then there's an actor from Mortal Kombat that's Max Crawford. And then, uh, this might be you, but I don't think it is, uh, an Australian historian. No, it's not me. But okay. I am an actor. I was in Days and Confused. You were in Days and Confused? I was. What, what scene? I was uh, extra. I was, I was in a couple of scenes. And, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, when uh, Ben Affleck gets the paint dumped on him. Yes. And he runs after the kid the kid runs right past me oh. and and then Ben Affleck <laughs> runs right past me and I kind of go I, I, like that I do a, I, I and I look you know I have really long hair like total 70s dude like everybody did in Austin at the time you know so wow but uh, Rick Linkletter uh, 
directed our first video. And I oh, yeah. knew him from that. And then he, he did Slacker. And like that literally is like watching a home movie for me. I knew everybody in the movie. And I got really mad at him. And I told him, you got to put me in your next one. And uh, he gave me, I was supposed to have a speaking part, but it kind of fell through because he had no clout. And the producer's like, we're not, you know, if you get a speaking part, they got to pay you, you know? Right. It's like a, a thing. So, but yeah, I'm, there, I'm in the other scene I'm in. I'm in, I'm in a noticeable sort of is uh when when uh matthew mcconaughey is outside bragging about his car mm-hmm. with the the hood is the hood is open and the hood casts right. a shadow on my face you can't really see my face and i don't him know it might have been on per- him and nikki cat are talking about the yeah I, I saw that in the comic books yeah and i'm kind of going <laughs> i guess my 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 character at the time i was like i was a gearhead you know i was like carrying around an alternator and stuff and i and i was like kind of going you know like that but i think that um i think that uh I might have been lit on purpose to not see my face. <laughs> it's like I would have distracted from Matthew McConaughey. You know, right. it would have been like it would have been the camera would have been on me. You know, yeah, you don't need that. But you're not from Austin, are you? No, I'm. I grew up in Louisiana. I grew up in. Uh, I was born in New Orleans, and I, you know, South Louisiana, and I mm-hmm. grew up in Baton Rouge, which is a college town, you know, about 45 minutes north of New Orleans, and you know, lived there. In uh, post college, I was a townie at college, and I left and went to Austin. You know, after college, so you couldn't get any cooler if you tried. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm snorting. You're what? born in New Orleans, <laughs> then you leave there, yeah. you go to Austin, hang out with Richard Linklater, Rick, Rick Linklater. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, those in the know, Rick, Ricky baby, sweetheart cookie, sweetheart cookie babes. I watched Suburbia last night. Uh, I hadn't seen it in a while. It's the Austin not that Penelope good. Spheres film, yeah, you mean? Not that good. No, 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 no. The the Ricky Lake, is that the Lake one with Lake Eric Eric Bogosian's in that? No, no, he wrote it. <laughs> he wrote it, <laughs> and it's the only movie that I, I it's I blame him because I mean if if Linklater can pull off a remake of Bad News Bears, then the weak link here is Eric Bogosian. If he can't. Pull this off. I mean, you know, I don't know he, what's going he didn't, on here. He didn't pull that off. He did pull it off. That's good, Ben. It's good. Sight unseen, I know it's no good. Stop it already. Did you? You see haven't the, even seen it. Exactly. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> did you this see is the, the rare exception to the rule where one does not have to have seen the remake of Bad News Bears to know that it's got to be garbage? Oh, yeah. you're watching it. What about Apollo Eleven and a Half? Anybody watch that? That latest one? <laughs> what? Apollo what 11 and a half. You haven't heard about it? It's like nobody's heard of it. It's Rick. It's animated. It was on Netflix. Oh, I have heard it, of this. And it's like it. It's like. I mean, I wanted to love it because I was a space kid. You know, yeah. I was obsessed with Apollo. But it's just kind of like a litany of boomer shit, you know, kind of mm. like nostalgia, boomer nostalgia. It's like over and over. And it's just like, okay, we get it, you know, mm-hmm. but the I concept, to see it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm probably ruined it for you, but, but he's not a boomer. It for everybody. I don't get it. Well, I, well, he's about to say where I'm a tail end of a boomer. I'm like a right in the cusp. And I, I think he's right around there too. You yeah. know? So when did you start, playing trumpet 
Uh, well, I, you know, school band nerd all the way. You know, it's like a, I, when my first love was bluegrass was uh, Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs. When mm-hmm. you know, yeah, when they would play the Beverly Hillbillies theme, I was entranced. Yeah. You know <laughs> how fast it was and everything. Yeah, and I started uh, taking mandolin lessons from this neighbor who was a bluegrass virtuoso. He like could play all of it, and then he went away to college. Uh, to study sharks in Miami. <laughs> now, now he is a professor at Middle Tennessee State University. He's a Davy Crockett scholar, and he wrote books on Davy Davy Crockett. So he went from sharks to Davy Crockett. But anyway, but it makes sense because he was Pretty like a, theme such song a, there too. He was like a crazily good player, and I would go carry his instruments to he would give these clinics at the music stores and then he moved away and i was like crestfallen and, and my dad was like you know my dad was like hey we can, we can get you a trumpet and you can do the school band thing you like louis armstrong i was like okay he he got me a sears trumpet for like a hundred bucks <laughs> i didn't i didn't even know there was such a thing yeah they had you know you could get anything from sears at the time you know yeah so yeah, so I got a trumpet and I started playing in the band and I got I had a knack for it. I was I'd been taking piano already, you know. So, so I mean, but when you're you're in band, are are you like is there anything in your brain like this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life or did you just do yeah. it because Yeah, I would get like just goosebumps. I'd feel weightless when I'm when I was playing with the band, with the school band. We had really really good orchestras and bands down there. I was in the orchestra, all state orchestra with Wynton Marcellus one year, a couple of years. You know, what? He a, yeah, he was two years older than me, but he was, uh, he could play anything and he could play classical. He wanted to learn classical too, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, and, uh, so yeah, he would, he, he want, he was in all state. I have a record of, <laughs> with his name listed on it and mine is like a couple of below him, you know, but anyway, so yeah, I, I really liked playing with being part of something bigger was the whole deal, you know, being, you know, being part of a team, right? And, right. And, uh, like being in a band, you know, same yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah. But so, what made you go to Austin? Austin was the I I had been working in a college radio station, a really good college radio, uh, the, the LSU. I went to LSU, and uh, it was great. And we would, I had a Saturday night show and, uh, that's a whole nother tangent I can go off on, but he, uh, bands would come through and play and I would interview them and they were all from Austin. Uh And so I got this network of friends that were musicians from them being on tour and coming through and me interviewing them. And they were all like, what are you doing here? You know, come on, you know, it's paradise, you know. You know, Daniel Johnson was on uh, 120 Minutes, that show that was on Mm -hmm. MTV. They did a whole episode from Austin, and that sealed it for me. I was already going to go because of the the radio show and uh, interviewing the the people. But uh, my show was like on Saturday night, and the station was in the football stadium. (laughs) <laughs> and if you know anything about LSU, it's football is 
the king, right? Right. right. It's like 100,000 people go there. On Saturday nights, they had the games at night. It was during my show, they would have the games. And before the, before the games, I would set up a, a speaker in the window to blast the rednecks with like Eno or whatever I wanted to, to try to enlighten them. Right. You know, one time, <laughs> one time I was like uh, in the bathroom down the hall. My show hadn't started yet. And this guy comes in down the hallway, just drunker than anything. He comes in and he opens the door of the bathroom and he's like, play some Skinner, play some Skinner, motherfucker. And I'm like, it's not, I'm in the bath, this is the bathroom. You have to go down the hall, whatever, you know. (laughs) And so he, I get out of the bathroom, I go down and start my show, and suddenly the electricity just goes off completely. The the turntable is, and all the electricity goes out. And I go out in the hallway, and I see him running down the hallway and leaving. Right. And I turn around and look, and the power meter, he had taken the power meter off of the wall. Like, you know, the electricity. Right. He had go- taken it off the wall. And we were, like, out of, com- out of commission for, like, an hour. Had to go get the janitors to go put it back on. Because I, I kept trying to put it back on, and it was, like, sparking and stuff, you know. But anyway, so it was kind of like this tension between the football fans and my radio show was kind of palpable, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, Austin has the same kind of thing with football, too, doesn't it? So, like, Yes. But you can, uh, uh, for some reason, in Austin, you can live there and not even know anything about the college, you know, or, yeah. or, or the football team. But in Baton Rouge, it's like, it's in the air. It's just like, you know oppressively in your face all the time people wear the wear the colors and stuff all the time purple and yellow i look terrible in purple but anyway i don't think so (laughs) so so when did you join poor dog pondering well i was living in austin i mean how long uh, were you in austin before you joined them uh probably about eight months or so okay yeah i had been working at this um cajun joint that had music at night. It was called Big Mamu. It's kind of legendary nowadays, but it was like a small little place, probably Shuba size maybe. Mm-hmm. And it had Cajun food during the day. And the, another guy that I had been interviewing on the radio had opened it up. And at night they had bands and they had, you know, I was like the bar manager or whatever. And they had these hoot nights on Tuesdays. And Alejandro Escovedo would play these, uh, things and and once i was like working the bar oh i can just go on and on but ronnie lane was playing there from the faces right and i was like cleaning up the bar they they were rehearsing at big mamu and so i made sure that i was there mopping while ronnie lane was rehearsing you know i wanted to be there you know and i'm mopping and he's doing buddy can you spare a dime you know the old standard World War Two, yeah. And he turns to JD, who's the bass player, and he goes, "We need a trumpet. We need a horn or something." And JD goes, "Hey, hey, Max, you got your horn?" And I lived like two blocks away, and I was like, "I'll be right back." And I swear to God, I was back before the mop handle <laughs> hit the floor, <laughs> and that was where it all started. Frank saw us play, saw me play with on a hoot night with Alejandro, and I played with Ronnie Lane. And wow. stuff. That's where it all started. 
Wow. And Frank, Frank asked me to play on the record. They were already there recording the record. They were passing through town to record the record. And then he said, can you go on the, on the road with us? And we were like, we would play in the street. You know, we didn't care if we had a gig or not. Well, that's one of the things that we learned from punk. I mean, we're not exactly punk musically, obviously, but everybody in the band has a punk rock band in their background. Yeah. And we learned to do it yourself, DIY. Right. And so we would go play on, on the street. We would play on college campuses to get gas money to the next town. It was all about traveling. So that's all we cared about. We had, we had cabin fever. We wanted to tour and we wanted to travel. Right. And nobody would give us a gig. And so we said, okay, fine. And then we would play at campus. We got a little deal with this little label called Texas Hotel. And they would pay us in records. They'd send us a bunch of records. And then we'd sell them on, you know, when we're playing in the street. Then somebody would say, hey, come play on our radio show. You know, on the college radio show. Right. We'd give them a record. And it was very, very grassroots, you know. Is it true that you guys moved to Chicago because you were interested in the house scene? Uh, Frank moved here because he was in love. Okay. And, and the, with the house, 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 yeah, with the house. he was in love with a, with a woman and uh, he, he, he had already been into dance music when he was growing up in Hawaii, you know, he, he, he got way into it when he moved here. Right. So the dance started in Hawaii. Right, yeah. Originally Hawaii, yeah. That's that's more than the name comes from. The poi dog is a is slang for a stray dog or a mutt. You yeah. know. Yeah. So. And so then, he uh, fell in love with somebody, and yeah, and he moved, and I was like already. I mean, we had already been very successful here. You know, like XRT were pl was playing us. Yeah, all the we time. We love lounge acts. Lounge Axe was like our home away from home. I had all these friends here. Frank moved up here, and I was like, uh, "Hold on, I'm coming too." So I was. Re I had turned thirty, and I was like, you know, I'd never lived in a big town. I never lived in a big city. You know, I, I didn't know how long it was going to be, but I, I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, New York uh, seemed intimidating, and mm -hmm. L.A. was at the time so, so hair metally, you know, and you had to pay to play at the clubs. Ridiculous. You know? say those like those are bad things. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pay to play, man, I, I, that just viscerally pissed me off. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I, I know LA is supposed to be kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it's cooler at least. But at the time it was like, no way. And I had all these friends here and I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Got an apartment next to Metro above the G man. Okay. The ginger man. Remember you're Michael one of the Hecker? People, you're one of the people that lived there. Yeah. You remember Michael Hecker? Yeah. You, Michael you're roommates with Michael? No. Well, he lived there and worked at Metro, and he was moving out, and he's, and I moved in, and it had a piano. It came with a piano. Wow. And it was next door to Metro, where I worked. So, you know, bands would come play, hang out at my place, play piano We all night long, you know? It's right. like... It was it was fun. So you've been working at Metro for that long, thirty years. Wow! In October, October will be thirty years. I was supposed to be six months. <laughs> I was supposed to be between tours, but it's like such a good job. Yeah, you know, and it's such such a such easy money. 
<laughs> it's like, and it's just like, you know, and if you leave town and come back, you know, you go on tour and come back, you still have a job. That's invaluable. Right. That, that's you know? nice. Yeah. Well, it seems to me like you've got it all figured out. You're, you're, you work there, you play music, and you run the scoreboard at Wrigley Field. Well, the, video the electronic board. scoreboard, not the one that's held together with duct tape and dental floss. No, I, I was, I'm, I'm one of the crew. There's a, there's like a, a big crew. It's like a TV station, basically, with a giant TV. None yeah. of them are going to listen to this. You can say you run it. Okay, okay. I run it. I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm in charge of the right field and the walls and with the all the stats and stuff. Like I don't have anything to do with the commercials. I I I sit there with about four or five softwares open and choose stats to show that tell a story about So how game. many people does it take to run the entire scoreboard program? Uh it, at a game, probably like yeah. 22 to 25 shit. something like that. With c- counting all the cameras and That's almost instant as replay. many people as in the kitchen in the bear. I mean, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> Man, that show was, I couldn't watch it for, I couldn't binge it. Thank I, you. I, I, I tried to, I, I mean, I ended up finishing it, but I was like, I can't, people talk about, I binged it all in one. It's like, no way. What is it's, wrong with people? It's just a bunch of yelling. And a lot you? of the time. <laughs> well, can I just say, I saw a one, like a clip with a, I saw they they don't show very much of the Italian beef, no. you know. But I saw one shot of the Italian beef. I said, "Look how thick that beef is sliced." You know, <laughs> it's got to be thin. You know, but when I first moved here, I was across the street from the Wrigleysville Dogs. You know, yeah. across from Metro, and I would I discovered the Italian beef. I gained like. 25 pounds when I first moved here. It was unbelievable. And I would go there and, you know, Louisiana doesn't have any Eastern European influence very much. You know, it's all French and whatever. Right. And I'm looking at the menu at the Wrigleysville and I go, it says, you know, I go, what's a polish? And the guy thought, (laughs) the guy thought I was like fucking with him, you know, and I was like, I was earnestly like, what's a, what did I get a shoe pile? What, what is, you know? And he's like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) You know, it's like, but anyway, yeah. What's a brat? That was my thing. Yeah. What's a brat? What's a brat? (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So we got off on the tangent, didn't we? No, the tangents are good. Okay, you're saying it takes 22 people to run the board. around in there. Yeah, and and, and the, I, I'm telling you, Scott. I mean, I started working there in 2004. Yeah, and they had they put in these ribbon boards along the the outfields, you know, uh-huh. and uh, the job at that time was a, a chimp could do it. I mean, it was like. <laughs> You know, like outside of a high school or a dentist office, you had the dancing tooth or the, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. American flag waving. It was at kind of that <laughs> level. I mean, and now I fucking work for NASA or something, you know, it's just like there's coding and all this kind of shit, you know, it's like pretty crazy. But well, you, t- you told me there's a guy who runs the old school one. Yeah. And he barely pays attention. He's amazing. His name is Rick, uh-huh. and they call him Quick Rick, and he 
he pays attention, but if there's a hockey game, if there's a Blackhawks game, <laughs> he's got a laptop open with that game going on. And for somehow he, I, I hope I'm not throwing him under the bus. No, but, no. But somehow he, he, he has like a, he knows the body language of the umps, the different umps. Right. That's what you told me. He studied yeah. their body language, so he could yeah, he has tell like a little notebook going to be before they yeah. happen. Yeah, he can tell if the guy steps this way, it's going to be a strike. That's why he's so quick. And he's so quick that players will ask him for his autograph. Hey, you're Rick, quick Rick, you know. His 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 main job is a groundskeeper. He's a guy in charge of the uh, the dirt around home plate, you know, and like yeah. he's stamping it down and all. He he's been there forever. He's been there for like 30, 40 years probably, you know. He sounds wow. like Bill Murray in Caddyshack. Yeah. And he's a character too, man. I mean, he loves the Stones more than any person I've ever met. I mean, I thought I loved the Stones. He is obsessed. Why? Why does he love the Stones more than the rest of us? What is it about his love that uh, he, makes us look ridiculous? He. I mean, okay, just today. I mean, like, uh, it's like. To him, that's the only band that ever existed. <laughs> it's like his request to the DJ is always a Stone song. But like just today, he's like, he comes and pokes his head in the in our room, and he's like, I'm in the same room as the DJ, you know, and he's like, Hey, it's Mick Jagger's birthday. How about some? It's only rock and roll, you know. And so it's like, you know, bless his heart, you know. So he's it's just like, obsessed with one band. Sounds like one band. We know. It's like, there's nothing wrong with being obsessed with one band. <laughs> who who uh, is that? Would be Metallica for you? No, 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 no. Actually, that's ironic. You say that. It's Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. Oh, well, you have the Metallica hoodie on, so I, I thought he's got some room for Metallica. Metallica uh-huh. was pretty great at the Metro. Were you there? I was uh-huh. there at the Metro for Metallica. Yeah. Yeah, they looked so Californian, didn't they? Well, they are they all like tan. They're all I know, but they really look like it. You know, I expected them to start going. Stuart, how'd you get here, Stuart? <laughs> Took the four hundred five off the I ten. Uh, yeah, you Kirk, know. I think Kirk Kirk lives in Hawaii, and Robert Tru, Trujillo Trujillo. Trujillo. Yeah, Trujillo. I never know how to say it. But, I mean, he's just naturally dark skinned So I mean, yeah. Why is he naturally dark skinned He's one of us. <laughs> one of you, and you don't know that the J is silent. I don't, I don't have a Hispanic tongue or a Latin tongue, whatever. So I can't let's, roll my. Let's not I can't roll my R's again. Gabe, I was gonna say that it looks like you could fit the entire Iron Maiden catalog within that Metallica hoodie. That thing is huge. It just looks huge. Oh, okay. listen, it's a it's a moo moo. It's memorabilia. <laughs> Metallica moo moo. They should it's really a market moo moo Metallica. Ride the moo moo. <laughs> Master of Moomoo's. <laughs> Max, do you like Metallica? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Max, do you like Iron Maiden? Um, well, don't on. hate him. Don't, don't answer don't that ha- question yet. Go ahead. I'm Gabe, not a metal guy. Ask the question, Gabe. You're not a metal guy, but you probably. What do you think about the replacements? Love. So if we were to ask you Iron Maiden or the replacements, it's, it's easy for you to say the answer. Re- I would say replacements, just out of familiarity. Do you hate me now? 
No, but it's too. It's people are too wait, quick wait, to wait, answer it's not, that. Wait, Max, it's not just out of familiarity. You said you love the replacements, so you love the replacements. Uh, You're good enough because, because of it. Yeah, but if I if I okay, here's the deal Ben's with me. Really my relationship my relationship to metal. I'm not done. Was that that I when I was in high school and all the all the what do you call it the metal heads. the huffers the huffers and all <laughs> that the huffers yeah heifers. He- Heshers. 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 Yeah, that's the Midwest word for it. Hesher. I don't. We never called it that. We call them jiffers. We call them jellyheads. <laughs> jellyheads. Yeah. Heshers. Huffers. Yeah. Hookers. Yeah. And um, they were all missing brain cells and the fans. I mean, and so I kind of had a bad taste about metal from the fans. I didn't really. Not. No offense. No offense. But I have since come from working at the Metro to absolutely love when we have metal shows because the people are the best. They right. they they tip like motherfuckers. Right. They also they are so nice because they're so intimidating looking. They have to kind of like counteract it some, I think, because mm-hmm. all the tattoos and stuff. And that I th- I have a theory that they're all like sons of single mom waitresses you know a lot of them right. so so they they pour on the t- you know i don't know maybe but you know i as far as listening to it at home uh, no but no, I, I mean when i was growing up my the way i saw it was like the people who were in, into metal were actually really nice kids and the problem was the kids that were the jocks those were the day oh rapists, god you know? yeah i'm right there with you Right there with you. Yeah. And yeah. they listen to replacements. Jack's did yeah. one of the replacements. Oh, not, at, not, at, not in my college. Back they in my in the co- outfield in my school. <laughs> yeah. Max, settle another little replacements-related dispute for us. Okay? Okay. You're a horn player and a replacements fan. The oh, horns. Here he goes. The horns and can hardly wait. Yay or nay? Um, uh, I'm a yay on that. Come on. There's super. I'm a trumpet player. Stop it with the nonsense. They are superfluous. I'm not. I'm not kidding. In the best possible way. I agree. I agree with you. You know, we recorded with Jim Dickinson. Wow. Back in the day, and uh, (laughs) what a that was amazing. He was great, and he was that record is stitched together by him. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, and you can hear it uh, somewhat. You know, but the the horns in that song. Don't bother me. Uh, I I I can see how people might, uh, you know, go the other way. On horn sections in general, you know, like right, okay, sure. for instance, like uh, uh, I was touring with Wilco mm-hmm. for for like a, a little while, and John Doe was the opening act, and he was doing solo. He had like a duet. And we did our songs with Wilco. We came off stage. The horn section came off stage. <laughs> John Doe was standing off stage, and he goes, "You know, I usually hate horns in rock and roll, but you guys almost changed my mind." Almost. <laughs> How'd you get involved with Wilco? Was it through the Pulsars? With Wilco? Um, yeah. Was that through? Well, the I've known Trumpia? Jeff. I've known Jeff forever. No, not really. It okay. was. It was. I don't know what it was. It was, uh, I've known Jeff and Sue forever. Sue from Lounge Axe, and you know, it, for, since I've lived here, you know, forever and ever. And about, I want to say 2008 or so, 
Wilco did a residency at the Riv where they'd played every single song they'd ever recorded. Yeah. Like uh, over like five nights or something. And some of the records had horns on them. And so. That you played on. No, not, not at that time. Uh, Well, yeah, I did. I played played on on Sweet. Yeah, I did. I played on Summer Teeth and the one after that. But yeah. It's hard to remember if you've been on Wilco albums or not. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeff was like, can you do these horn arrangements, put together a section to do these songs that we recorded? And I was like, okay, no problem. And then after we did, it was hugely successful. You know, Brendan uh, from Fugazi, Brendan Canty, he's like a, he's a filmmaker now. Uh-huh. You know, he films documentaries and stuff. And he was filming a documentary on Wilco at the time. Wow. And he, he goes, you guys need to come on the road with us. You know, he, he just wanted the good footage. And, and Jeff was like, yeah, come on. And so we went out for like a year and we played with, played on Saturday Night Live with him. And, you know, it was, and we, I just did, uh, just recently did, they did the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot mm-hmm. uh, 20th anniversary. And we did uh, New York and Chicago with that. And they replicated the record. Right. And I did, uh, me and my partner, uh, Paul Mertens, we did, uh, he plays with me in Poi Dog. He also plays music director with Brian Wilson. Excuse me, dropped a wow. name. But he, me and him uh, did the arrangements for that. And that was pretty intense and amazing. That was in the in April. We wow. did that. Is that the Total uh, Pro Horns? Who's all in Total that? Pro Horns. Uh, it's a revolving cast, but the main ones are are uh, me on trumpet, uh, Paul on sax, a guy named Dave Smith. I play a lot with a cover band that Dave Smith plays with called Expo 76. Right. You guys play and, at Simon's? Is that where yeah, it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. It's a great band. When's the next show? Uh, Expo's playing... Um, Simon's on the I want to say the tenth. This is every second Wednesday at yeah. Simon's. Second Wednesday of every month. I got to catch it next month. Yeah, it's a fun fun place to play. But uh, yeah, so that's the Total Pro Horns. It's like a, a horn section for hire kind of thing. I do I do stuff with people that never get released. Sometimes you know, right. you know, just like singer like songwriters. Scott Lucas and the Married Men. That was so good, man. You got, you, okay, can I just say, that song, the, the song that I did the uh, Salvation Army brass band on? Yeah. And you did some producing on that. What's the name of that song? The Moon? The last the, one? Yeah. Yeah. And you did, uh, you took the parts that I did with the song and did them acapella at the end. Right. Which was like, I, at first I heard it and I went, Duh, it's perfect. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it was disconcerting at first, and then it was like, oh, yeah, it's perfect. But anyway. Well, what I was happened very was is that you wrote two different parts to the thing. So, like, you, you, had, you said, all right, here's one way that we can do it for you that's nice and mournful, and then there's another way that can be sort of this like Dixieland, Dixie, Dixieland thing. And I loved both of them, and I thought that they were better than the song. So I, I felt, what better way to end the record than just to have both of them right there? You know?
I mean, what is it about horns? I mean, is it just, is it that they push out all that air? Is it the brass? I mean, what is it that just makes people... Like pisses you off? No, it doesn't piss me off. Because like when we did that thing at, at the Metro and we're playing like the ELO songs and the police songs, as soon as you guys start playing, it like just, you know, you feel There's that lift. There's something very dynamic about it. And it has to be done in the right way. It has to be done that lifts the song and, and is subservient to the song. That's how I always feel, uh-huh. you know. I love Earth, Wind, and Fire, but I can't play like that and I can't dominate a song like that. I, I, I'm not, you know, that they're fantastic, but yeah. it's horn section, but it's not my bag. I'm more of a Stax, old soul, Al Green, you know, kind of deal. That's my, that's my style. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, I don't know what it is. I mean, it, it really has to be done right. It can, uh, you know, wait, who's the guy who's against the horns on the replacements? Is that you, Scott? Well, it's, <laughs> I, I prefer the, the one without the horns. I, I just, I just, I wonder, you know, well, and it's not that I hate it so much. It's just that Ben wait, likes to make it sound like I hate wait, it. You got I have to tell you more. <laughs> I, I'm always hoping you're just joking about it. I'm always trying to get you to admit that you were just being a dick. Um, Expo 76 plays that song and we play it better than the fucking replacements. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone does. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, uh, we played, did, say, we, did we play that? Oh, at the uh, thing at the hot stove. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. With horns. No, I love playing. I love playing with you because, like, you, I can feel myself start to like levitate a little bit off the ground. Yeah, it was funny. Because, which reminds me of Jim Dickinson again. And I have this one story where we were, Boy Dog was doing horns, and he had his buddies. Uh, there wasn't the Memphis horns. He called them the West Memphis horns. They were like mm-hmm. Arkansas guys on the other side of the river. They were fantastic. They're so good. And there was one part in the middle of the song where I wanted this kind of like marching band fanfare, you know, mm-hmm. thing, like stacked trumpets, you know. And uh, I had written out the part and everything. <laughs> and I go and put it up on the stand. And Jim comes out there. He looks at the sheet music and he goes and, Knocks the stand up and he goes, no dots allowed at my session. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, man, you're right. You're right. You know, it's funny. Well, Ed Velasquez told us he, he smoked more pot than he's seen anybody oh. ever smoke. Yeah. And just a fountain of stories. I mean, just great. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. He, was a, he was one of those legends that earned it you know it's just like playing piano on wild horses i mean there you go right there wow what about what about, okay what 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 is your favorite gig of all time the favorite uh like show yeah or the did i play yeah the favorite show the one that you're just like holy fuck well, there was one time, well, there, there's a lot of shows where you get that feeling, but the one that was the first time was when we played, we were living in Austin and we played this thing they had called, uh, it was before South by South, South by Southwest had just started, so it wasn't any big deal, but they had this thing called Aquafest, mm-hmm. which is like this big outdoor festival on the river, and we were opening for Willie Nelson, and 
it was like a very Austin-y thing. And there was, I want to say 40, 50,000 people. And it was like the first time I was just like, wow, yeah. you know? And, uh, you know, met Willie Nelson and the whole deal. Recorded with this other band called Shoulders. There's an Austin band. They're fantastic. They're still together. They're like very Tom Waitsy, circusy kind of band, you mm -hmm. know? And they recorded uh, a record at Willie's studio. It, 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 was a, it was a studio that was on a golf course. He called it the Cut and Putt. It was, an, it was like an old country club. He can, you know, golf course. So he turned into a uh, recording studio. And, we, and, and I met him again there. And, and, and uh, I would look out the window, and there he is with his wife sitting by the pool. And I said, I mean, that guy, talk about, I, I don't have it. He, he's got it figured out, you know. Definitely. But that was Austin at the time. It was very, you know, a lot of, lot of mingling of scenes stuff, you know? Yeah. Because there was no money yet. There's no money that South by Southwest hadn't started yet. And it was like, now it's all, it's a completely different city. But at the time, there was not much business there. So there was right. nothing to do. People, it was really cheap to live. And I'm one of these... I know I'm one of these old dudes that are like complaining about Austin because I still love Austin. My brother lives there. I still go visit there. I still love it, but it is definitely different. Yeah. It's like when you say, when you moved to Chicago that you hadn't lived in a big city yet, it's kind of jarring to hear you say that because you go, yeah. what about Austin? But then you're like, no, it wasn't a big city yet. No, it was a sleepy college town, you know, like a standard college town, you know? And it really changed. After I left, then it became like, you know, South by Southwest changed the town, you know. Yeah. Obviously, people come to that and say, I'm moving here. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> Not realizing that they weren't there during the summer. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Well, what's the, what's the, am best? I, those other guys aren't talking. Am I boring, you guys? I don't know, just Scott always takes over the interview segment. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're one of the sidekicks. But I was wondering, what's the best show you've ever seen at the Metro? Oh, wow. So many. Uh, Prince, probably. Prince Prince had... Oh, you know, the, he did it a couple of times where he did a secret show. Mm -hmm. but he did it more than once at Metro. But, you know, he got a lukewarm review in the Chicago Tribune. And Joe got a call as a, you know, like he wants to come play like that day or like the next day or whatever. He's coming after the show tonight to play at your place, you know, at like midnight till five or whatever. You what know? tour was, was this? Do you remember? Uh, no, okay. I don't remember. But it was, it was when he was on the road a lot, you know, mm. it was a, I don't even remember the year. Jeez. Uh, did he I do don't those remember. secret Mid shows? Mid-90s. Did he do those every tour, Scott? I know he did it on, he did the, on the Love Sexy tour. He was doing an after-show show every night. I think that might have been it. I mean, uh, Max is probably talking about around 97, 98. He was doing yeah. that a lot. Well, the, here's the thing about that show, or one of the shows. He did it a couple of times. But one of the shows I remember this, he had Buddy Miles on drums. Oh, wow. Yeah, come on, <laughs> you know, and then he had like, you know, he had the revolution or whatever. And then he had, uh, 
in town doing a play was Malcolm Jamal Warner from <laughs> the Cosby Show, <laughs> right? Right. And so he says, "Come on out, everybody! Malcolm Jamal Warner is gonna rap for us." You know, oh, wow. he comes out and starts rapping, and he like, he's like, "Give me a beat! Give me a beat!" And Buddy freaking Miles is playing the drums, and he's playing this beat, and Malcolm Jamal Warner is kind of telling him to slow down, slow down, come on. You know, like telling him how to play the beat. And I was right. just like, what? and then he started doing this rap, and it was just like, oh no, no, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> but that it was wrapped in one of the best shows I've ever seen because he was on fire. He was playing for like, I don't know, four hours. It was just great, you know. Because other when, gr- when we saw him, do he played this thing after we played in D.C. He came out for three songs, and then he was gone, and it was still uh, one of the best shows i've ever seen yeah i mean it's all about the what mood he's in right yeah i guess did either uh, of you he, guys ever see billy bob thornton when he fronted a band uh-oh no. i saw him open for elvis costello and it you know it was like the malcolm jamal warner kind of thing it was, it was the worst <laughs> fucking front man singer i've ever seen in my entire life remember that charisma it, ever remember that interview that billy bob was doing and yes and, and he he was like they yeah, only want to talk about music yeah, they asked him about like a movie. He's like, "Well, you wouldn't ask Tom Petty about movies, oh, would you?" I do and I'm like, no. that. "You're not <laughs> Tom Petty, dude." <laughs> I mean, there's you're so not Lori Petty. No. The other good ones were, uh, oh, Lori, Lori Petty and Shortcuts, huh? Come on, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. great. Oh no, that's Lori so Petty's in Shortcuts. <laughs> yeah, she's the cello player. That's not Lori Petty. It's not. No. Oh. That's Lori. To the internet. That's. <laughs> yeah, that's. Lori Petty Lori's is in. Uh, is in. Tank Girl. It, yeah, and she's in. Oh, she's in Point okay. Break. She's in Point Break. Illegal I bet right. you lied about your parents. Who's the cello player in Shortcuts? All right, hang on. Not Lori Laughlin, is it? From uh, Full House? No. That's Lori Laughlin from Full House. Lori Singer. Like You're thinking of Lori, Lori Singer. Lori Singer. Lori Singer. Lori Singer. Okay. Blonde. Well, the blonde what, blonde. You want to talk about shortcuts? What about Julianne Moore? Oh right. man, the yeah. the the scene. Yeah. The scene we all know. Marion, you're not wearing any <laughs> pants. <You're> not- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yay, Altman. We love you. That's good stuff. Um. Well, okay. Yeah. What we were talking about? Oh, other good shows, Metro. Yeah. Bob Dylan, he played after his heart attack or whatever. Wow. And he played like he cared again. That was for one show. That was great. And what then, was the first song? I don't know. Like a Rolling Stone. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Tom Jones. Tom Jones was great. I were remember you, that. You remember that? Yeah. It was when he... Uh, he had come out with that version of Kiss yeah. with, with uh, Art of Noise, uh, right? And he was trying to get the kids again, right. you know? So he's playing these rock clubs. And it, he failed to tell his fans <laughs> that there was going to be no place to sit and that there was going to be, there's not going to be any kind of wine list or anything. <laughs> Everything's going to be in plastic cups. They were very mad, you know? But anyway, so I, I was going to ask you who were who the worst tippers, and would you—is it Tom Jones fans? <laughs> um, 
I don't care. I don't care about tipping. I, I'm going to tell, I honestly don't care if someone tips me or not. Because I, I, you'll drive yourself crazy. Yeah. You know? I just like, uh, overall. This is good. I need to tell this to somebody that I know. That you and I both know. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you will drive yourself. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. I, if you if you don't care if they tip you or not you'll be a lot happier person you know and you'll be you'll welcome them when they do that's how i always look at it you know I'm writing this down and yeah I'm, I'm taping it on the mirror <laughs> yeah i mean and you know i know how people are i mean sometimes i don't have a lot of money you know i i don't care what did i do i handed you a cup of beer i mean <laughs> You can give me money if you want, but oh my God, you you're know, not, you're not going to hear the end of this from Justine. She's going to kill you when she hears this. Well, um, you know, most people overall, they're going to tip you and there's going to be people who don't. And that's the way life is. That's how I always look at it. Don't even obsess on it. There's people like that guy stiffed me. I'm not going to wait on him. You know, what is that? You're just waiting yourself down, you know, with that. You know, stupid anger, misplaced anger. That's how. That's how I feel. Wow. I, so, I'm probably in the minority at, uh, as a bartender. In you're in way. the minority in this house. <laughs> What's the best baseball game you've ever been at Wrigley for? Oh God, I, I know. Okay, it's here Bob it is. Bob Dylan versus Prince. Yeah. Okay, check this out. <laughs> Game seven of the World Series, Uh-oh. they were in Cleveland, right? Oh. And uh, they flew all of the front office employees out to Cleveland. So there's nobody really left to run anything. And they had, um, they had the game, they had the, you know, people were gathering outside of the marquee, you know, at, after every game to just be a part of the community. There's like right. thousands of people out there. And my boss calls me and goes, can you run the marquee with the score? Can you update the score for the people out on the street? You know? And so I sat there in front of the computer with nobody in the stadium, nobody in the ballpark. I saw like a security guy walking around had the game on TV and I would update the score and I'd hear (laughs) of out in the street, you know? And finally I, uh, you know, it turns out they're going to win. I typed out World Series champions and looked at it over and over and over and over and over again, you know, make sure it's spelled right. <laughs> I thought it had been funny if I had misspelled it, you know, yeah. but I decided to go ahead and spell it right. right. And I put it up there when we won, and they left it up there for like four months. And I was the guy who typed that so on the marquee. But anyway, I went out after the, after the game, and I had no idea – about the uh, street, you know, I went out to, I just hear him every time I added a Cubs run, I'd hear this roar. So I go out there and I'm like the emperor, you know, he's just all these people. He's just like, ah, You're ah. A Vita. yeah. So that was like probably the, I wasn't at the actual game, but I was like, I will never forget that. I never forget typing Cubs win and world series champions and you playing go, the worst song. Go Cubs, go! You're, <laughs> no. you're the only one, no. only one alive that's ever done that. It's been a hundred years. I know. That's right. <laughs> it was like being at a game, but you're you're Macaulay Culkin. You're home alone. You, you've got yeah, you've got the place to yourself. <laughs> yeah. About about the eighth inning, a coworker called me up and I said, "Are you there by yourself?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She says, "I'm coming too." And I said, 
you can't come unless you bring a bottle of Vuclico champagne because I knew they were going to win. Nice. So she stopped at Benny's and got some champagne on the way. So we had a bottle of champagne at the end. But yeah. And a lovely cheese pizza all for yourself. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So Well, that's a pretty good story. I feel like I've been talking this whole time. It's like a therapy session or something. Well, that's the idea. What do you think you're supposed to do here? Sit there, I don't know. I thought they would. The, the ones that I listened to, you, there was a there. It seemed like there was more banter. You know. I don't like, know. I mean, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. I I don't know. But I I, I don't know. <laughs> There's okay. Uh, I'll I'll quit being self conscious. I mean, but, uh, uh, I think we had some good banter. We talked about the bear. Yeah, I mean, God, people are crazy about it. I think they're crazy about it because it's uh, it shows a part of a, that wasn't shown before. You know, it's part sort of. Yeah, kind of. that's bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's why people like it. You know, it's you a know? good movie. Have you ever seen the movie Chef? Yes, with John Favreau. Yes. Yeah. That, the thing I like definitely. About- the thing I like about Chef is how it's a metaphor for John Favreau's character. I mean, how his 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 career. So he had just made that fucking uh, Cowboys and Aliens movie, and it was a huge flop. And this guy who had started out making movies like Swingers suddenly finds himself in this position where he's just making shit that he doesn't even care about. Right. So what does he do next? He goes. He makes this movie, small movie, about a food truck. To like sort of save his soul. So when you watch that movie, it's it's the most personal thing that guy has ever done. It's pretty yeah, great. But, but then after that, what happened to him? Well, he goes back to doing what he does. You know, you know, you, you can't keep the money away from money hounds. But for one second, he was you oh, know, okay. redeemed. Gotcha. I think. Right, right, right. Sure. That's a good yeah, do you ever movie. See, do you ever see uh, Jiro? What is it? Jiro dreams of sushi. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, the the value of routine. I mean, I'm I'm not. I've always rebelled against routine my whole life, and the pandemic made me value routine. Yeah. You know, like nowadays I go to bed the same time, wake up the same time, and I I could feel how product more productive I was. You know. Right. It's like. But that guy, that's like I don't know. I could, he's got yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good food movie. What that's about Big favorite. Night? Big Night. Love. Obviously, Big Night. that's the best food movie. I think that's a pretty good food movie. They're doing they're doing a whole series of food movies at the Music Box, uh, within the next couple of weeks. Is and Big Night doing, on the list? Big Night is on there, and so yeah. is Chef, and so is Tampopo. And they probably have to do oh, Babette's that Feast. One. That's always the good. No, nope, they're not doing Babette's Feast. Oh, good for them. Good nope. for the music. What's box. the one with the, uh, uh, what's his name? Green something. It had the chef, the gardener, the something or other. Peter oh, Greenaway. The, oh, the, 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 the thief, cook, the wife, and his lover. Wife and lover. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a That's good a, movie. Yeah. I, I remember when that played at the, fi- I haven't remember seen that? it forever. It was yeah. at the Fine Arts, remember? Remember you had a date with Scott. Don't you remember, Ben? Yes. We're showing a food movie at the end of the week this week, La Grande Bouffe, about four 
guys who eat themselves to death. You're um, the Legron Booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about this movie, and I really want to see it, though. What, is it a documentary? Friday Night. No. No, it's a French what? film from the early 70s. And they, they gorge themselves on uh, the bear's Italian beefs? It's like <laughs> Salo with food. Yeah. <laughs> Salo? What's that? You don't know Salo? Uh-uh. That's oh, a great about, movie. I'm about to make your day. <laughs> it is the best food movie ever made. Uh, S-A-L-L-O? S-A-L-O. Yeah. It's, okay. Or it's 120 dis- Days of Sodom. It's as disturbing as movies get. Max, let me ask you this. Has anybody ever told you that you resemble a guy that's going to jail pretty soon? <laughs> Steve Steve Bannon. <laughs> I'm not wait, joking. Wait, let me get my other four shirts on. <laughs> and then we'll... <laughs> First of all, he does not resemble Steve Bannon. Yes, no, he does. Bannon. He does no, not I resemble look, Steve Bannon. No. And, and I, I cannot like, believe you have the balls to say I that. No, I look like a kind, wonderful no. guest. What is Listen, wrong with you, Gabe? Ben, ben, look it up and share the screen. We got it. Hey, hey, what Send about, uh, I just saw a picture of Bob Seger, and I was like, what's up, me? Go. Oh, there you go. All right, it's he similar. looks, he reminds If I had me. glasses. Yes, you have a Bob Seger look, but you do, listen, it's can there. I apologize no. for my <laughs> old gonna, friend, okay, old, gonna, old, old friend, Gabe? <laughs> I was I'm not that old. You, I was going to call you the saxophone skunk Baxter. I was going to say that. Like, well, that's well, that's a nice thing to say. Why would well, you if I played saxophone, say? it would be great. What you just said about him? <laughs> what did he do? Trumpet. Sorry, trumpet. No, no. He, he he plays a trumpet. He's not a trumper. Oh, that's what it. Oh, I never even thought of that. I'm quitting the trumpet now. <laughs> Trump is in the name, and I look like Steve Bannon. Oh, you it's don't like, look. I can't. I, hold it up, Ben. Okay. Ben, can you first please? of all? Yeah, no, Ben, don't. It's, I look like Steve Bannon, and I have terrible taste in pizza. What's the point of living? <laughs> I mean, I was trying to find a picture that you, I, that might, for some reason. Okay, you know who I really look like? Do you remember D Day from Animal House? Yes. <laughs> he What's doesn't look like that in any way. No, you look right? more like that than he does, Gabe. What's the guy's name? Bruce. Um, Bruce something. Yes. Can Pull you look up him D-Day up? D Day from Animal House. That's who. Yeah. That's but Matchstick Man, remember like. Matchstick Man? Yeah, remember that he movie? wasn't in that, was he? Yeah, oh, he, was. <laughs> he was He was in that. Man, Gabe, I'm oh, really yeah, disappointed yeah. in you. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm just saying, if you had an idea for Halloween... No, if Steve the- Bannon <laughs> didn't look like a fucking slob, if he had a little bit no. of style, you know, yeah, they might look like each other. About find four shirts I was, and do it. I was Colonel Sanders a few, well, like 15 years ago. It was surprisingly See? easy. That's not even close. That's it. that's <laughs> not even close. That's not even close. Oh, okay. it's closer than Steve like Bannon. Steve Bannon and this guy. Wow, Steve Bannon. Max, can you do that thing that the thing that he does with the? <laughs> yeah, like exactly like it. <laughs> Man, I love well, that movie. They can't I, uh, make that movie now. No way. Can, can we delete Gabe's window? <laughs> it's, it's, the, by the way, now we oh, can wow. see. Now that you turn the light off, you look great. No. Oh my god. <laughs> you look like 
You look like you look I'm like a, you look like it you, costs three dollars a minute to talk to you. That's what he look like. He's the Muslim Steve Bannon. <laughs> I'm Yule Brenner. That's who I am. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I wasn't trying to insult you, Max. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, uh, well, Yule Brenner would shave the bottom of his head too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he had style. You're the slob. Uh, You're the one. Oh, I know what it was. You're mad at him for saying the moo moo thing earlier. Okay, oh, I get it now. Oh, it comes around. All right, oh. now I get it. Now, but I got to tell you, man, you well, look, do yeah. look good in this. Is it? Is it? How much is it for the first minute? <laughs> <laughs>
essence. A picture that we love to see you great. So collective, painters pile and paint upon paint. Losing themselves to get what they see and shroud it in a cocoon of doom. And that's a free Set me free, set me free. Take us to church.